Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 34. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. And one thing that will make this week even more special is the guest that I have today. Richard Tubb is a a guy who I met in January, which quite a few of the guests who have appeared on the show. I also met Mike Morrison, who was on episode 32 at the same thing. We had a nice pint and conversation, the three of us. Um, One thing that really... really sort of uh, attracted me and sounds a bit weird that Richard I know but the one thing that really (laughs) attracted me to Richard was his his passion in what he does his enthusiasm to support and to meet and to mingle which was a really cool thing and something that I I really love and admire and we had a coffee just recently because we haven't really known each other that long and I just it just solidified the the thoughts I had of Richard so Richard I just want to say welcome to the show Oh, well, thank you. And such a warm intro. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for uh, making me feel at home in the northeast of England, where I've recently moved. But uh, perhaps we'll talk about that in a bit. But I do appreciate it. Yeah. When, when, we, when we had Mike on the show, he was like, oh, my God, another Geordie. So, <laughs> so we're going to welcome you into that area just because you live in the northeast now. So, you know, <laughs> again. So, Richard, tell us a little bit about yourself and the, the journey that you've had in the world of entrepreneurship. Sure, sure. So, so my background is uh, fundamentally in IT. There's no two ways about it, Jeff. I am a geek. Um, I love technology and have worked in the IT industry all of my life. Um, my background, I used to work for companies like Ernst & Young and organizations like the NHS um, working in the IT field. Um, uh, but my entrepreneurial journey started probably around 2003. I left the world of corporate IT um, and started my own IT business. Now, back in the day, I was pretty much your, you know, one-man band, the uh, the jobbing IT guy crawling under desks and fixing computers. Uh, and I did that for a couple of years or so. Um, and then in, I'm going to say it's about 2004, 2005, um, I read a book that I'm sure plenty of your listeners will be familiar with, um, a book called The E-Myth Revisited um, by an author, Michael Gerber. Um, and that was really a life-changing book for me. You know, I started looking at the business that I got and, and actually appreciated that, Rather than owning a business, I essentially owned a job, and what I really wanted to do was to own a business. So I um, started systemizing the business, started putting automation uh, in place, and actually got into a niche area of IT, um, which we call in the industry managed services. Uh, I ran a managed service provider, but for the uh, for the non-geeky amongst us, what that basically means is um, my company provided outsourced uh, IT support for small businesses, uh, predominantly with in the West Midlands area, um, Birmingham, where I was living at the time. Um, And and so to fast forward a bit, I I grew the business and it grew quite rapidly uh, to the point where the end of 2010, I think it was, um, I I actually took the decision to sell the business, um, stepped away from it. Um, And interestingly, Jeff, what what had happened at the time, and I'd loved with hindsight to say that this was all part of my grand plan. It really wasn't because I'm not that smart. Um, But what happened was uh, throughout the entire period when I was uh, running an IT business, so for the last 10, 10 years or more, 12 years, I've been writing a blog where I've been sharing my experiences as an IT business owner, as a business owner, um, fundamentally, you know, all the pitfalls, all the failures that I've made, all the 
of things that I've learned. And I was sharing that quite openly and honestly um, for no other reason other than it was just good to get it out of my head. Uh, to my surprise, when I had sold the IT business, um, a number of, um, uh, to be blunt, a number of my competitors uh, picked up the phone and said, hey, Rick, now that you're no longer a competitor, would you mind coming in and sharing some of the things um, uh, that you shared on the blog um, and, and help us to grow our own business? And so without really planning it um, for the past six years or so, I've been working one-on-one -on -one with IT business owners and, and the wider business community just to help people avoid the mistakes that I made in business and um, really to help them accelerate their own growth. Wow, that's a great story. And, <laughs> and I love. And you're not the first one that's gone, do you know what, with foresight, this would have been a well-planned you know, know. movement. I think sometimes as is you, you do, you do the, the groundwork and the, the benefits spring off that, don't they? I, I think you, you're spot on there. I mean, I, you know, I'm perhaps being unkind to myself when I say I'm not that smart to do it. Perhaps at some subconscious level, I thought, you know, th this was where it's heading. But there was certainly no conscious thought behind it. So uh, if I ever write a biography, maybe I'll um, uh, fib a little bit and say it was all part of the grand plan. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you and your listeners know that's completely not the case. <laughs> so I suppose there's two things. Is is for you? Is is it's that writing your writing all of the challenges and contents and so and i suppose to some extent allowing yourself to be vulnerable to even your competitors what sort of brought you to that um, that process of going do you know what this is what i'm going to do to do that uh, it, that's a really good question and, and, and when you say making vulnerable to, to my competitors it, it does um, remind me I remember as well as the blog I, I often used to stand up in front of peer groups and user groups um, in the West Midlands and further afield and share those same lessons and I remember um, I was in Solihull the one time speaking to a, a room full of IT business owners who were essentially my competitors and one of my uh, competitors uh, came up afterwards and said hey Richard thanks so much that was really useful information but I've got to ask you why are you sharing your trade secrets with me yeah. uh, and I said to him you know that sort of struck a chord to me and I said to him hey you know there's enough customers out there for all of us and and secondly you know i can share everything i know about running my it business with you there's no guarantee that what i've done is going to be successful for you because everybody's uh, individual um, but but to your point about you know sharing um openly sharing um, what i've learned i've been very blessed um especially in the it industry some of the smartest um, and most successful people um, in the IT industry have, have shared really freely with me of their time and experience and, and helped me to sort of uh, grow as a person, grow as a leader. Um, and I think if, if they can do it, you know, it sort of taught me the lesson that, that there's no need to keep any of this stuff secret. There are no trade secrets. You can go out there and share freely. Uh, the, the special source, the secret ingredient in your business is you. Um, and not to labor on this too much, but you know, uh, you can go out there and and follow all the advice that other people have given you it may not work for you you've got to bring your own personality to the business people do business with people they know like and trust um, uh, and I've been very fortunate that people taught me um, uh, some great lessons and I applied them but uh, fundamentally you know I, I got on with people and uh, people wanted to do business with me um, so I've got no problem at all with you know sharing openly and honestly not only the successes but the the, the failures that I've had within the business hopefully that will help other other people avoid those failures yeah, and I think I think that's one of the I think that's such a refreshing approach because there's so many people out there that just they hide to some extent is, is I mean I've worked with a few clients that ref, don't even network 
because they're frightened that people are going to copy them or yeah. they're going to do and it's it's such a it's a weird way of doing it but when you understand that you bring the magic to the solutions not the actual content that you talk about especially my stuff in, in the personal development world the only thing that makes my stuff unique to anyone else's is my experience with it yes absolutely and in in, in in what you've got to allow what you've got to let yourself do is is come in and share stuff because if you're proud of your business and you're proud of what you do then why hide it yeah and and one of the pieces of uh, one of the most common questions that i've had specifically about blogging so I, I alluded to the fact i've been blogging for sort of 10 12 years in fact i've forgotten how long i've been blogging for <laughs> but there's over 800 odd blog posts of my ramblings out there and, and when i talk to other people about blogging they say well who would listen to what i've got to say mm. um but the interesting thing is you bring a unique perspective on whatever you've learned and what the way you present information might really resonate with somebody where others uh, same information doesn't so i'll give a great example you know i've mentioned michael gerber and the e-myth revisited some other huge influences on me have been uh, say david allen from uh, getting things done gtd and and i've always assumed that hey everybody knew these people and knew the lessons that they were teaching uh, but surprisingly, um, you know, when I've shared some of that information, some of those lessons that I've learned, put my own spin on it. Um, and I've said, of course, you know, none of this is new. This is David Allen. This is uh, Michael Gerber. They've said, who? Yeah. What? I've never heard of GTD. I've never heard of E-Myth. Mm -hmm. So that there can be a huge assumption that other people won't. Not only will other people not listen to what you've got to say, which is totally not true. You know, I've mentioned people do business with people they know, like and trust. People might know, like and trust you, but not so much other people. Um, and so they definitely listen to what you've got to say. But also it's your unique take on it, your unique experiences that enable people to listen to what you've got to say, whereas um, uh, other people people not so much so i think not to labor the point there but um everybody in my opinion should be blogging everybody should be sharing their experiences it what's it's what make makes you unique it's what makes you likable it's what draws other people towards you yeah and and for you i suppose blogging's blogging's an, an interesting concept in in just itself so do you just write blog or do you video blog as well yeah, uh, yeah video blog as well sorry yeah, I do. So there's a YouTube channel there. Um, I'm actually, I'll share openly one of the challenges I'm trying to get across at the moment is um, uh, is recording video pieces to camera on my own. So my YouTube channel is full of interviews with you know some really successful people. Um, it, it's not really about me at all. Um, it's uh, taking a step back and letting other people uh, speak. Um, but interestingly, I was out um, the other day with uh, my, my two stepsons, nine and twelve years old, and we were in, up here in the northeast at the Rising Sun country park and they were walking uh video blogging they've got their own youtube channels and they were putting it out there so uh, it was interesting that you know i'm 40 years of age have been public doing public speaking and blogging for 10 12 years and i'm still really nervous about video <laughs> blogging whereas uh, my nine and 12 year old stepsons have got absolutely no compunction about it at all they just get up there and do it yeah. um but video is something i'd like to explore more of um Audio is another one. I've, I've been doing my own uh, podcast yeah. for, for quite some time as well. So. I think I think that's it's an interesting thing because for me, as I look at my boys, and uh, one of them's doing cinematography and, and video production, and the other one has his, in his head that he wants to do coding, um, which you know is is fantastic. But they, if they can get into that routine of doing videos, then they don't have the fear 
yes. of when they get older. Because a lot of the stuff, you know, you and I will probably look at that and go, listen, when we were at school, people just didn't do this. If if, <laughs> exactly. if we're going to do this, this would be something we would hide from people because we would get penalised for it in some way, shape or form from our friends. But now yeah. it's, it's a very normal, it's a normal thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and obviously putting yourself out there comes with risks in any form, you know, whether you're a stand-up comedian getting on stage, a public speaker, a blogger, a podcaster, YouTuber, whatever. Um, But I do think it's really important to learn that lesson that actually you do have to, for want of a better word, blow your own um, horn. You do have Mm -hmm. to toot your own trumpet. Uh, And thankfully, um, you know, I think I learned that lesson subconsciously from spending a lot of time in the US. Um, For all the stereotypes about our frenzy the United mm. States, you know, one thing is true, and that is that they're, they're, they're not generally uncomfortable about talking about themselves and their businesses. No. Um, and I think, you know, for the past few years, I, I, I learned that I brought it back to the UK. And of course, there's there's always a fine line between um, putting yourself out there and um, being over the type self-promoting. But if you can learn that balance, if you can learn that line, you are going to be your own best advocate. You are going to be the person who stands up uh, for you the most. Um, uh, blog, write, um, get yourself out there, speak in front of local networking groups, whatever it takes. But people will only um, notice um, the, the special skills that you bring to the mix if you get out there and share them. Nobody's going to just discover you without you putting any of the work in yourself. Yeah, I love that. And, and before we go to the, the, the second part, I've got to talk about geeky gadgets and stuff. <laughs> so, um now, I, I, how how much do you do you do it as a passion thing, or do you just do that because you want to keep yourself in the know how with the knowledge in order for your for your sort of if you want your your skill set? It's it's a great question. It's probably a little bit of both, but let's be to be honest. Without the rationalisation of uh, keeping my hand in the business, it's 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 all about the geekiness. You know, I love uh, technology. I love home automation. It's what I've been brought up with. I mean, as as an early uh, young child, I was using uh, programming Ataris and Commodores and Sinclair Spectrums and things like that. I've still got a love of retro gadgets, of le- uh, retro tech. Um, but on a day to day basis now, I just love having a little play around with home automation and other technology. It's it's just so cool and if that happens to uh enable me to to speak the language of the the clients that i work with a little bit better uh so be it but that's not the main motivator yeah. i just love it because i'm a geek jeff yeah <laughs> that's one of the things is when i'm looking at cars or anything it's like never mind fuel consumption never mind how fast it does from naught to 60 how many gadgets does it have and how good are they exactly why not <laughs> you know technology and everything is moving so quick how do you how do you keep on on top of that? that that's a fantastic question. And I was actually uh, speaking to another uh, of my peers who in, uh, followed a similar route to me, sold his IT business a few years ago, um, and, and now works with other business owners to help them move move ahead. And we were saying, you know. Um, the experience we've got, surely it's going to be out of date in no time at all. And the interesting thing is on a technical level, yes, I would say the half-life of uh, technical expertise is probably about 18 months. So as you know, you uh, said yourself, you can if you disappear out of the industry for sort of a year, 18 months, when you come back, everything's going to have changed. But with that said, some of the, uh, the majority of the lessons um, that I share with my clients now are pretty much evergreen Hmm. industry um whether you're doing flare arranging it plumbing or whatever 
there's fundamental business skills that are needed and they are evergreen you know how to build relationships with people um you know sales hr uh, marketing those type of things and those are the skills those are the areas that i um focus on on a day-to-day basis it just so happens jeff that i'm in the it industry right. now a few a few people have mentioned to me you know um there's there's actually quite flatteringly you know a, a decent sized audience um, for my blog that doesn't work in IT and has no interest in IT. Mm. But they share with me, you know, they uh, more than once at a conference, somebody sold it up to me and said, hey, Rick, I read your blog, don't work in IT. Did you realize that a lot of what you say is applicable outside the IT industry? And I've said, Shh, yes, I do know that. Um, but my niche is IT and I certainly don't want to be, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm happy in that niche, mm. happy staying there. So the stuff that I've learned over the years is pretty much evergreen. Building relationships will never go out of fashion and I, I think that's important yeah and and also is is what you just demonstrated is the ability of being you and being authentic and open attracts well you you can then decide whether you want to go into that market or not but it actually just mm-hmm. shows is when you are you and you share your knowledge actually how you can attract people from outside the sphere it, it, it's fantastic. I have the conversation a number of times with IT business owners, and I tell them about the power of niching. You know, so instead of um, when I ask them, okay, uh, give me the the elevator pitch. You know, tell me what you do, and they say, um, we're such and such. We're an IT business from Coventry, and we work with small businesses. And I say, okay what small businesses and they say any small businesses and i say well that's quite a big uh, area you know um that, that's probably not very memorable either and so i talked to them about the pair of niching now i am essentially if you wanted to put a label on what i do jeff it would be i'm a, a business consultant i'm a business coach mm-hmm. um but i'm a business coach within the it industry mm-hmm. so um you know if i go to a networking event um there's gonna probably be a dozen business coaches there you know it seems like anybody um who's had uh, uh, you know, read any books can set themselves up as a business coach. What differentiates me is I'm niching the IT industry. So if people are running an IT business and they want a business coach, I'm typically the first person that springs to mind. And that's by design. Mm. So when I go back and tell IT companies, hey, think about niching a bit more, think about the type of businesses you work in, the objection they give me is quite often, well, if we niche in a certain area, we're going to miss out on business in all these other areas. And I say, yeah, that's a logical assumption. But in my experience, that's not the case. Um, And actually, if I give a a concrete example from my world, so I I work with IT businesses. Um, One of my past clients is West Midlands Police. They approached me after reading a blog that I'd written about IT businesses um, and about the work that they do in the background to keep things ticking over. And they said, if you replaced IT with police, that's specifically what we do Mm. and the police force had a big issue with um think about it the only time you ever call the police is when something's gone wrong (laughs) you know you never phone uh, your local police force do you and say hey just wanted to uh, pick up the phone and say i've not been broken into overnight great job guys thanks very much yeah let's just say hi (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. and for IT, it companies that's the same nobody ever phones their it company and says hey everything's running swimmingly thanks so much yeah so even though i niched in the it industry i ended up attracting a client from outside the it industry because the the theories, the ideas, the um, just the vibes I was putting out there um, uh, drew people with a similar idea. So 
Anybody who's worried about niching down too much, don't be, because you will be approached by people outside that niche and saying, hey, I know this is not what you do, but would you still come and do some work with me? It, it's really interesting, and it's something you've got to take on faith, but I, I can assure uh, listeners that it really does work. Hi, Jeff here. Great news. I wanted to invite you to join my Facebook group. Whether your goals are business or life orientated, this group is perfect for you. Join a community of like-minded people who want to create and live an exceptional life and develop their Success IQ. Visit www.successinstigators.com today. Okay, welcome back to the second part of the show. This is the time I get a chance to ask my guest the seven standard questions that I ask every guest so we can find common threads and interesting golden nuggets of information and really suck out the golden nuggets of experience and knowledge that our guests have. So, Richard, question number one is, how much time a week do you spend on self-development? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, uh, probably more than I should, but not not as much as I'd like. Um, <laughs> to give you uh, to give you an insight, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm I'm the world's biggest procrastinator. Um, so unless I take time to actually, you know. Um, put the energy and the effort into um, thinking and learning, uh, it it would never happen. I'd never get around to it. So on a day-to-day basis, um, I've got a really, uh, I'm not going to say strict, but quite a um, uh, a solid morning routine. I get up, um, I have breakfast, I meditate for 15 minutes every day using the Headspace app. Um, I then read a chapter of a book every single day. And then, uh, so that's every morning that happens, morning and weekend as well. Uh, weekday and weekend, I should say. But then uh, on a day-to-day basis, I'm constantly on the lookout. Uh, you know, I'm reading good quality blogs, um, reading books, attending webinars, going to conferences, listening to podcasts. I go out for a, at least a 30-minute walk every day, and I've got podcasts, um, yourself and others, um, that I listen to on a day-to-day basis. So it, it, for me, isn't something I go out of my way to do self-development. It's something that's just um, in the thread of my life, really. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Okay, no, question number two is, what is your favorite personal development book and why? Or perhaps we've already heard. <laughs> yeah, uh, good question. So I would have said historically, the the life-changing books, and I don't use that term too lightly, life-changing books for me were uh, Getting Things Done by David Allen. I've already mentioned the fact I'm a huge procrastinator. Um, so GTD is really a good methodology for me, actually getting stuff done. We've already mentioned The E-Myth, um, revisited by Michael Gerber, a fantastic book that tells you how to systemize a business and automate a business. Um, but if, if there was one book that I've returned to again and again over the past uh, couple of three years, it would probably be um, a book called Really Productive by an author um, who's become a friend of mine, Grace Marshall. Um, and uh, Really Productive by Grace Marshall talks about probably a mixture of lessons from the EMIF, from GTD, and from other sources. Uh, and so for me, that's a book, um, Grace Speaks in the Language that I that I listen to, and so I've revisited that book again and again. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Um, third question is, what is your favorite app? 
Um, favorite app? I've already mentioned Headspace, which is a meditation app that I use. That that that's that's something that just keeps me grounded. Um, I'm a massive advocate of um, Google Google Apps. Okay. I've drunk the Google Kool Aid, Jeff. Um, you know, I, I use a Chromebook. I use Google Apps. I use Google Mail, Google Calendar, all things yeah. Google. There. Um, let, let, actually, if I, I'm just going to grab my my smartphone. What else is on here? Um, LastPass is Ooh. an app I use um, for security. So. One of the uh, biggest lessons that I've learned with IT, and perhaps um, one for your for your listeners, would be: don't try and use the same password for every website. Mm. It's a yeah. it's a uh, hiding uh, to nowhere. You are going to get caught out. Yeah. Um, and so I use LastPass to to keep all of my passwords, plus everything else, plus all my credit card details, my passport details, documents, everything else um, to base. So uh, LastPass is a really powerful tool for Brilliant. me. Brilliant. And I suppose one one question I have for you is: is with with you collecting all of these blogs to read and everything do you use a specific app for that as well yeah i do um i use a, a, an app called feedly yeah. uh, f-e-e-d.ly and that's what i use to read my blogs uh, but more than that i actually use a, a, a very famous app called evernote um, and i use evernote to capture those articles so if you've ever been reading an article perhaps you haven't got the time right there and then but it looks interesting i grab the articles with evernote and then when i'm on a plane when i'm on a train that that weird time you know even mm. queuing um, at the doctors or whatever i'll use use Evernote and I'll, I'll read some of those things so going back to your earlier point Evernote really helps me to keep my personal development going throughout the day brilliant excellent okay question number four is what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you Ooh, that is a good question biggest business mistake I think I've not solved it to this day and again <laughs> I'm going to be really open and honest here uh, the biggest business mistake that I make is I'm because I'm the world's biggest procrastinator I'm also incredibly organized now. Um, so, you know, I've talked about Evernote, LastPass tools like that. I've got a very poor habit of focusing on the small things instead of the big boulders. Okay. So, um, uh, and, and to this day, I still wrestle with that. It is a form of procrastination, I think. But the biggest business mistake I have is not seizing opportunities immediately because I get too wrapped up in the small details around, if that makes sense. Brilliant. Okay. Excellent. Okay, so question number five is, what are your challenges in balancing work and life and how do you manage them? Uh, so the work-life balance or the life-work balance, life always comes first, it, yeah, it is a really sure, interesting yeah. one, I would say, because um, uh, just to share an insight into to, to my past 12 months, I'm just in the process of writing and blogging about this. So we already alluded to the fact that um, last year I got married and moved from uh, Birmingham to Newcastle, so I'm, I'm setting up a new life here. Uh, but I was also in hospital twice last year, Jeff. I was knocked over in a hit-and-run accident last February, which is as much fun as it sounds. And then a week after I got married um, and I should say this is not at all related to um, uh, the marriage Claire didn't get fed up and punch me in the nose or anything but <laughs> I ended up in um, uh, in hospital um, uh, bleeding out from um, a hemorrhage from a nose mm. um, and, and the reason I share that with you is, is not to elicit sympathy although it's always welcome um, <laughs> is to say that um, you know, life events happen and sometimes the seasons in your life are going to be dictated to you. So for the first quarter of this past year and, and pretty much for, for all of 2016, I was very much focused on being healthy and happy. What that meant was the business um, was just on an even keel. I spent very little time um, doing business development. Um, but 
you know, and I ended up basically for the last 12 months breaking even within the business. Now, that might sound unusual, for, you know, for me to, to, to share that. I've got a team who work around me. Their wages needed paying. Um, and so the work that I did do in the business went towards paying those wages. The, I think the point I'm trying to get at, though, is that um, work-life balance, I'm not going to say is a myth, but there's going to be seasons of our life where yeah. work comes first. And I'm just about to enter one of those seasons. I want to get my earnings back up. I'm getting out there and doing lots of work again. But for the past 12, 18 months, life, um, um, whether I wanted it to or not, has taken precedence. Um, I've had to work on being healthy and happy. And so, you know, that old adage, you can do anything that you want to do. You just can't do everything that you want to do, yeah. um, came to mind. In the last 12, 18 months, uh, my work-life balance has been about uh, life. Going forward for the next season of my life, it will probably be more skewed in favor of work. Um, as long as you're aware of um, the amount of time that you're spending in each of those areas and compensate accordingly every once in a while, I, I think really that's what work-life balance is for me. Yeah, and I think I think it, it is that. It is, I mean, to me, is I use the phrase because it's the most commonly used phrase, but I think it's about integration. Or actually the word I'm starting to really love is harmony. It's trying yes. to harmonize it. It's not an either or. And most times when people get to that point of breaking, it's because either the pressure of them trying to do a 50-50 split or they don't they they are losing track of one side or the other. Exactly. And it's it's yeah. just about checking in and making sure that everyone's happy as best they can and yeah. you know, communication, you know, we talked about that at the beginning. Yeah, and I've heard you speak about this before, Jeff, you know, on, on the podcast and um, um, through your own media. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it is about being aware. So I'm very aware at the moment that I have spent time being healthy and happy, uh, spent, time, uh, spent time recovering my health, moving to the northeast, settling into a married life. There's there's two small people suddenly in a, in a household wandering around with me, a couple of kids there. So I'm, I'm getting used to being a step-parent. That all takes time. That all takes energy. Yeah. Can I do that and um, grow a thriving business at the same time maybe but at what cost and so um, I'm aware and I've got that that feeling now I want to concentrate on work again for a while because I'm happy and healthy settled into the northeast who knows in another three months I might need to readjust the balance again and go back and uh, and look at where I'm at Um, it's about being aware of it yeah no that's brilliant thank you very much okay question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out a um, couple of pieces of advice. The first one, as I have already alluded to, is you know I've been blessed with um, uh, some very, very successful and intelligent people um, giving their time and expertise freely to me. Um, that was because I was a little bit naive and I wandered up to them and basically took people on the on the on the uh, shoulder and said, "Hey, can you help me?" And they did. Yeah. But for, uh, I see um, a lot of people who believe that they can't get in touch with successful people because they those successful people will be too busy or not willing to share the lessons. My experience has been completely the opposite, that the um, most successful people are very, very open to sharing their time and experience um, um, if you only ask. So I think that would be uh, uh, the first lesson. The, the, the second lesson would be don't try and do it on your own. I guess there's a bit of the first lesson tied up there. Um, but for me, I've already mentioned I've got a team around me. Uh, although the, the business is essentially about me, it's about Richard Tubb. Um, the blog is about me. The speaking is about me. Um, but I've got a team around me. And um, if I didn't have that team around me, there wouldn't be a business now. 
There really wouldn't, because over the last 12 months with everything that's happened in my personal life, um, Judith and Holly, uh, John, other people on my team have kept things ticking over. They've kept social media going. They've kept um, uh, the work being produced. They've just kept things going there. And so um, if I was to go back and give people a lesson from day one, don't try and do it on your own. Try and build a team of good people around you. That doesn't necessarily mean they've got to be employees. You can have things you can get uh, coaches you can get mentors but don't try and do it on your own no that's brilliant i think the other i think the the first one was brilliant because i think you are so right there are so many people that don't want to talk to someone because they you know they don't want to put them out or they they don't feel that they have that courage to go up and say you know could could i have a couple of seconds with you or whatever and you don't you, you don't know until you ask and the truth of the matter is is you're no worse off if they say no Exactly. That's it. And, you know, I've done it a number of times where people have said, actually, it's not a good time at the moment, but why don't you drop me a line later? And they've been as good as the word. They've got back to me and um, and followed up. So, yeah, please don't be afraid of reaching out to people and asking them for advice. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. so question number seven is what is your definition of success? Oh, great question. Definition of success for me would be fast forwarding to the end of your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds morbid, but I don't think it is. It's either looking at your gravestone and uh, seeing what's on there and seeing if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'd fast forward to the end of my life and I'd say, um, you know, have, uh, have I uh, been a friend to people? Have I um, been a good husband? Um, and, and things like that. Uh, and that's what I'm driving towards um, at the moment. It's remembering that uh, and working towards it every single day. Because success doesn't happen overnight. Success isn't something you're going to do tomorrow that changes your whole life. Success is going to be all the little steps that you take on a day-to-day basis. Um, so for me, fast forward to the end of your life, look back. Have you been successful with the things that you've done on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And it's so true. It's it's those little consecutive changes that you do over time in order to give you the results that you're actually you desire i suppose is the is the real thing to look for yeah absolutely oh so question number eight is the life lesson question so as guest you get to pick a number between one to 50 and we see what that number lands on it's based on lessons that i've learned in getting my life back on track and and being in business so um and then we can discuss it and if you disagree with it that's perfectly fine it's a lesson so you may have had a different one so pick a number between one to fifty richard well, as I spent the morning of my 40th birthday in hospital and uh, look back at that as a good lesson, okay. it's number 40. Okay, so number 40 is laugh at yourself. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I think it's that important, that, and that important thing is, is don't take yourself too seriously because Absolutely. it's the um, there's enough pressure that you will put on yourself throughout, you know, if you trying to start your own business or if you're, if you're running a business or you're trying to be a good parent or partner or whatever it is, there are so many things that you will take seriously. And I think you have to have that that sense of humor where you can laugh at yourself and go, yeah, do you know what? That's, that I look stupid then or, <laughs> or, or whatever. Um, and I was just wondering what you thought. I could not agree more with that. Um, interestingly, this is something that 
has come um, into my mind lately. Um, and so I, I would say I agree with that 100%. And if I can add something else to it, be aware of the language you use. Um, so I, I, and this is me just thinking on the fly here, Jeff. Earlier on in this interview, I said, you know, I'm not smart enough. And I, you know, I said those words. I was actually, I was being a little bit self-depreciating. One of my, one of my friends uh, brought me up on this the other day. He said, I, I don't like somebody speaking about my friend like that. And he was talking about me and the way I speak about myself. Mm. So be self-depreciating, definitely. Mm. Poke fun at yourself, definitely. But be very aware of the language that you use. Your brain hears those words um, uh, and, and starts to assimilate them uh, yourself. So yeah. it's something I'm being aware of. So I would say I agree 100% um, with, being, uh, with laughing at yourself and be aware not to take it too far because your brain does listen to the language you use about yourself. Yeah, to- totally agree. I mean, language is another, um, self-language is another one of those um, rules that I've got. And it is amazing how much, when you pay attention, how much you beat yourself up. Yeah. Um, and the truth is, is a thing that I always realized was, is you wouldn't talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself. It's not funny. There was a um, there's a young businessman that I mentor in the Birmingham area, and uh, Tom actually said to me the other day um, he, he, that exact same thing for any business owners who perhaps speak to themselves using that type of language. You know, I'm stupid. I should do better. Blah, blah. He said, "Would I use this language with my friend?" Mm. Uh, and of course, you wouldn't. Would you yeah. speak to your friend? Would you speak to your partner? Would you speak to your children in this way? Yeah. For the majority of us, absolutely not. So why on earth do we speak to ourselves in that way? So yeah. that that was a great lesson. Yeah, yeah. And in some cases, we wouldn't even speak to strangers the way we talk to ourselves. Oh, goodness, no. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, it's, so it's one of those things. Um, Richard, thank you very much. It's been, I really, really enjoyed this. Is there, um, so now you get the floor, you get an opportunity to share, you know, your podcast and other things that way people can follow you. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, first of all, it's been a pleasure being on here, Jeff. And um, I hope I can twist your arm to come on my own podcast because uh, uh, your performance coaching and the things you talk about, I know would be of interest to IT business owners. Um, but for myself, um, I think if people, if you do a Google search on me, Richard Tubb, T-U-B-B, there's, um, there's plenty of good <laughs> and bad out there that you can find about me. Um, but uh, if there's one place that I could encourage people to go, it would be my blog, and that's www.tubblog.tubb log.co.uk and they can find the podcast they can find my books um and as we've already mentioned um although i'm a geek although i talk about it businesses 99 percent of the stuff i talk about is actually applicable to any business but shh, don't tell anybody that <laughs> but no not a soul no not a soul will know. <laughs> just between um, you and Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Richard just gives, gets, gives me this opportunity to say I'm wishing you the greatest success and uh, take care. Thank you so much. Cheers, Jeff. So first of all, just let me say a huge thank you for tuning in or subscribing to the show. I'm very grateful for that. If you have any suggestions of topics that you would like to to suggest that we have on the show or perhaps you want to give me feedback of, of what you think about the show then you can send any emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk i love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make the show better so if you want to find out more about me or how i can assist you to live the exceptional life then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk 
or you can follow me on Twitter, look for GN Coach, or on all other social media sites, I am Jeff Nicholson UK. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you've also enjoyed the show, can I invite you to pop over to iTunes and give us a rate and review as it really does help make the podcast more visible to increase its audience. I look forward to speaking to you next week and I want to take this time to wish you the greatest success. Take care.